For most of my life, I've attended churches that did not use bulletins. What you needed to know was projected onto a screen. And sometimes that can be a good thing. It allows for a little bit of flexibility. But sometimes it can leave you wondering what's coming next. In the Episcopal Church, I enjoy the fact that each service we are given a bulletin. For the most part, our bulletins let you know what is taking place at any time during any given worship service. They let you know when to stand up and when to sit down. Announcements in the back help you catch up on what's going on in the life of the parish. But not everyone is a fan of bulletins. A preacher named William Border from a Baptist church in Atlanta says that before each service he prays, Lord, please let something happen here today that's not in the bulletin. (laughs) And fortunately, there's no need for us to say that prayer tonight as we celebrate the Easter Vigil. There's a lot of things in our bulletin tonight, but there's also a lot of things happening that cannot be found in our bulletin. I think it's safe to assume that many of us are familiar with the Easter story. It largely serves as the cornerstone of the Christian faith, and many of us have learned about this Easter story since childhood. But even if we're familiar with the story and the biblical readings for this evening, a more difficult challenge arises when we try to explain it. And it doesn't matter if you're a world-class theologian or someone brand new to faith. Anyone who tries to explain the mystery of Easter quickly discovers the limits of human language. I think the end result for anyone giving an honest explanation pertaining to the mystery of Easter is simply that Easter defies all logic. The truth and the power of Easter lie not in how we explain it, but how we live it. In his book, Me Talk Pretty One Day, Author David Sedaris shares a humorous experience where he encountered the difficulty of explaining Easter. Sedaris had moved from the United States to France and was taking a class with people from all over the world. Everyone was trying to learn the French language. In his book, he writes, It was Easter season, and a Muslim student from Morocco raised her hand and asked in French, Excuse me, but what is an Easter? The teacher called upon the rest of the class to help. A Polish student led the charge by stating, It is a party for the little boy of God who called himself Jesus. Another Polish student, using her newly formed French vocabulary, said, He called himself Jesus, and then he died. One day, on to morsels of lumber. The rest, of the, cra- the rest of the class jumped in, offering bits of information which Sedaris said would give the Pope an aneurysm. A student called out and said, He die one day, and then he go above my head to live with your father. Another student adds, He weared of himself the long hair, and after he died, the first day he come back to say hello to all people. And the final student added, He nice, the Jesus. He make the good things, and on Easter we be sad because somebody make him dead today. (laughs) Now these students were all learning how to speak French, but this account also shows a humorous side of people trying to explain Easter. But it also illuminates the limits of human language when trying to explain theological truths. 
And tonight's account from Matthew's Gospel, we're given a glimpse of the mystery of Easter. This mystery unfolds through God's Spirit, and it is the power that brings life out of death, hope out of suffering, and communion out of alienation. In our Gospel, we find Mary Magdalene and another Mary traveling in deep grief on their way to visit Jesus' tomb. And upon arriving at that tomb, several events took place that they were not expecting. It is there where the women discovered that death did not have the final word. And in their state of shock, Jesus appears, telling the woman that there was nothing to be afraid of. The writer of Matthew's Gospel records how the women were then tasked with telling the others that Christ was indeed alive, and that Christ was going on ahead of them, and they were to meet him in Galilee. Now many of us can identify this familiar story with Jesus' resurrection. Yet what may not be as familiar is the way in which this 2,000-year-old story mysteriously continues to take place within our midst. Matthew's Gospel records how the risen Christ traveled on ahead of the women, and they were to meet him in Galilee. And it is there where our own lives and our own journeys of faith are deeply intertwined in that story. In our own lives, it is the risen Christ who still journeys on ahead of us and who calls out to each of us from an unformed future, gently calling for us to take our next step. It is the risen Christ who continues taking steps, calls us to continue taking steps on the path to new life. And what was recorded in Matthew's Gospel is not an isolated event. Instead, it is one that has continued throughout the centuries and continues tonight in our midst. In the third chapter of Ephesians, we find the Apostle Paul speaking of the mystery of Easter in the form of an affirmation. And the affirmation that Paul is making is that through the resurrection of Christ, there is a power at work within each of us. And that power is able to accomplish exceedingly more than we can imagine. Paul is referring to something that could never be found in our bulletins tonight, yet through the eyes of faith, I believe that same power can be seen among us. It is a power that has been at work since the beginning of time, referred to as the hidden order within the chaos. It's the power which brings life out of death, hope out of suffering, and it's what creates communion out of alienation. And on this night where we recall Christ's resurrection, we do have reason to celebrate. We may never be able to fully comprehend nor explain it, but tonight we are assured that God is at work in each of our lives. And in Paul's words, we are reminded that God's Spirit is able to accomplish exceedingly more than we could imagine. Tonight we also all serve as witnesses to the resurrection. Just like the women who arrived at an empty tomb, and just like the Apostle Paul who underwent a significant conversion of heart and soul after encounter with the risen Christ. As witnesses to the resurrection, we are assured that that the power of God's Spirit that raised Christ to new life is the same Spirit that is still at work in our midst. Tonight we were also fortunate to witness that same spirit at work in the lives of Ashley and her son Tully, which led them both to the waters of baptism. I think baptisms are always a special occasion in the life of the church, 
and I had the privilege of baptizing my own son one year ago this evening. But it seems a little extra special when a mother and her son are baptized together. There was a lot in our bulletin tonight, but their baptism reminds us that there is a lot more going on tonight than what is in our bulletins. Amen.